Welcome to the Busy Business Women podcast, where you have VIP access to discover the wins and wisdom that have helped successful business brains build businesses that boom. With your host, Faye Hollands from busybusinesswomen.biz. Hi, Faye Hollands here from busybusinesswomen.biz and welcome to episode 24 of the Busy Businesswomen podcast. Now, I'm really excited to have a wonderful lady with us today, Jenny DeLacy from The Visibility Coach, who's going to be joining us for this episode and I am super stoked to have her here with us today. Now, I don't know about you, but I remember the first time I recorded my first video for Facebook. I remember it acutely and I also very clearly remember the first Facebook Live that I ran, both of which made me nervous as hell. I definitely procrastinated. I dreaded doing them and I re-recorded endless versions of the video before I finally plucked up the courage to post it into the webosphere. And I know I'm not alone here. You may well be nodding your head in sympathy for me, uh, having gone through some similar pain yourself. So the reality is, you know, we don't have to go through this pain. And in this day and age where video is so important in marketing, it's good that Jenny is around to make getting yourself on video significantly less painful, which is what we're going to be talking to her about today. So let me start off by telling you a little bit more about Jenny. So Jenny's a video coach. She's an educator and speaker with 25 years experience creating and delivering programs to audiences from two people to 200. So she knows her stuff. Jenny helps successfully implement video for her clients to help them grow their people, their profile and their profit. Now, after a career as a corporate change and L&D consultant, she was creating audience-focused programs and powerful presentations to help develop people. She realized that there was more to life than working for people who felt as warm as slippers left out in the rain overnight in frost and decided it was time to do something about it. I'm so glad she did. Fast forward to now, and over the last two years, Jenny has done 300-odd Facebook Lives, 50 guest speaking engagements, numerous guest artists, 200 videos and has built a strong community of business men and women who are eager to find better ways to be the visible expert in their field. What I love is that she brings the system and the process needed to make video uncomplicated, simpy, simple and not scary. There's nothing simpy about this. Simple and not scary. Music to my ears. From generating ideas to bring your video marketing to life, to taming the technology and building a profit-focused, client-centered strategy, Jenny inspires and motivates clients every single day to use video to grow their business and increase their profitability. And with an intro like that, it was a no-brainer to get Jenny onto the podcast today. So without further ado, I'm thrilled to welcome Jenny DeLacy, the visibility coach to the Busy Business Women podcast. Jenny, so pleased to have you here today. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm kind of a little bit gutted that this is our audio and not video because you have the best backdrop, the most awesome color coordinated accessories every single time, and you just lose <laughs> energy for video. So it's quite obvious why you do what you do. And I'm thrilled to have you here today. So thanks for joining us. So I know that when we get started, we're probably, you know, we, you and I, I reckon, could talk for hours. So I'm going to get straight into the question so that I can get as much juice as I possibly can from you today. 
So let's start off by talking about your business journey. I alluded to in the intro that you have, you've been the visibility coach for the last two years, but that wasn't your first sort of soiree into being a business owner, was it? No. So, yeah, I had um, one of those sort of uh, corporate career. I was a contractor. So anyone who um, has been in corporate learning and development and change management knows what I mean. I essentially was self-employed but not really running a business. You just sort of go from one contract to the next um, and you find those contracts through your, con- your your connections, mostly on LinkedIn and through just phone calls and, and saying, anybody need a hired gun, you know, for this project or whatever. Yeah. And so I had done that for a really, really long time, probably since 2000 when Hunter was one and he's now 19. Um, and I had a brief permanent part-time job but still in that same field in corporate learning and development and change um, management and it was pretty awful and you've probably alluded to that in the the introduction (laughs) that it was just you know I I I did turn around I don't know if we're allowed to swear on this podcast but you can you can have a couple I did I did think you know I was just basically surrounded by assholes and and and, (laughs) you know being a single parent of three sons I had enough of that at home I actually didn't need to have that in my work career either, uh, you know, as well on top of that. So mm. when I, because I retreated a little bit then, had a little bit of time to reflect on what I wanted to really do because I'd had the contract money was in the bank. So I had some some funds in the bank, which was which was fantastic. And I just had a little break for a couple of months or, or so just to really decide what do you really want to do? What What is it that you're really good at that people need um, that I can do quickly and efficiently? Um but, it, but also do it really well. And, and I stumbled, well, I didn't stumble across it. I decided that I wanted to focus on, on copywriting. And because I wanted to sort of retreat then and really be by myself and not deal with many people, I decided to have, you know, that focus on online um, copywriting. And that's when I met Kate Toon and I, I did every, you know, I gobbled up every bit of free content of hers and learnt, uh, thank God she's the first online entrepreneur I found basically. Yeah. And um, she's great. We've had her on the show and she's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And and so I learnt so much from her. She's just a really generous human being and um I did copywriting for a while, you know, and I wasn't bad at it, but about maybe, and I did a lot of property as well. I probably ended up about 18 months in, I realised how much I hated being by myself. (laughs) That that essentially the two elements of my personality, being wildly haphazard and a rampant extrovert, do not work. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do not work for being a really good copywriter I find I find yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so that's when I realized how you know really I'm put on this earth to be an educator that is what I do best I um, coach and, and educate people really well that's a skill um, that I've always had and I communicate well and I know how to craft messages and I've already started using video in my own copywriting business and that's kind of where the segue happened so that that's really interesting because I can see why the segue happened. I, what I'd love to explore a bit more is the that point where you made the decision to make that shift because I, I think that that would be a tough one for a lot of people to make. They've, you know, they've left the kind of corporate career, they've set up this business and, you know, they're good at it but then they have this realisation that actually far out, I don't want to do this till I retire either and that whole, you know, the, the ego's tied up in that. And there's a whole load of emotional baggage that could be tied up and going, this isn't really working for me. I'm going to do something different, even if it is closely aligned, right? Did you have any friction in making that decision or was it clear cut? You're like, I, I don't want to do copyright anymore and this makes sense and I'm just going to make that shift immediately. 
Mm. Like, because uh, I try not to make a big deal, believe it or not, out of most things. Because I think the bigger deal you make, the the more people notice that something's going on, and it might might make them feel uncomfortable or nervous about your brand or or who you are or whatever. So there was a period of time where I was still writing works, Vic but I was actually focused on video. And that probably was about six to eight months before I got the Visibility Coach website up and may, and changed the branding. So people were kind of already used to me talking about video a lot. Yeah. And can I, I've got to be honest, one of the things that has really worked for me is my personal brand. So if people look for Jenny DeLacy more so than my business name, yep. they'll see all the stuff I want them to see anyway. And that's probably one of the things that has worked by far the best for me in in building my business. And I totally get that because you've got a wonderful personality. I think people will easily connect with you, the nature of what you do. They want to see the person behind the brand. I can completely understand why that would work. Well, I'm really pleased that you did make that shift because that's how I've come across you and, you know, kind of stalked you and watched what you're doing. So well done, you, for finally finding the thing that you not only are awesome at but actually really love because as a woman that is deeply passionate about helping women find careers that they love and build businesses that they love, you know, there's a lot of people struggle to get to that point, and I think you and I are very lucky to be there. So well done. Mm, mm. All right, let's talk challenges then, because um, you know, on this podcast, whilst we could talk about all of the successes that all of my guests have had, we all know that as small business owners, there are often you know lots of ups and downs and challenges. What have been some of the challenges that you've experienced in your business over the last two years, and what has helped you overcome those? Mm. And there's so many, let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even really confident people like me have regular moments of major self-doubt. Am I making a mistake? Should I just go back and get a job? What was I thinking? Can a single mum actually earn enough money to thrive and have money for the future? Am I just sort of living this ridiculous, I don't know, crap that someone has told me online is possible but maybe in real life it's not possible maybe I do need another job and what I'm doing now so the self-doubt is a massive challenge for pretty much all of us but it certainly was for me because I was really under the pump you know I'm 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 it you know um I was very very fortunate that I had no debt and I had some financial resources in the bank. And that, and I want to be honest about that. People that say, take the leap, um, get out of your comfort zone, do this thing. It's like, shut up. Yeah. If you've got no, you don't know people's circumstances. Mm. I was really fortunate and I'm really open about that because I remember finding out that some of the people I'd been following, you know, had corporate careers as well as the stuff they were doing online. And they have partners that are earning you know, double six figures plus, you know, family help to look after the kids when they go and do a workshop or whatever. And I think we've just got to be totally realistic about what we are capable of doing with the resources we have available to us and that that's okay. You know, we can't be anyone but ourselves. We just can't. And that took me ages. It actually took me ages (laughs) to actually go, it's okay. It's okay not to be bloody writing books and being everywhere and doing everything. You just, I just can't. Yeah, I I completely agree because I think there's so much smoke and mirrors out there. It's it's funny. I'm smiling as you've said about you know discovering that people you follow are working corporate careers and they have this backup mm-hmm. of income and you know the 
social media is a wonderful thing, but it also can really slant the perception you have. And um, I'm the first to say when people want to start a business and leave a well-paid corporate career, let's look at assessing your appetite for risk right now and what resources have you got to make that happen because it isn't as easy as most people think it is. And, in fact, the word easy just shouldn't even come into the equation. Um, So I thank you for being so upfront about that because I'm the same. You know, when I talk about leaving my corporate career, I have money from selling a house in the UK. It flowed in me for a year. Um, Always been very open about that because I don't want people to think you can leave a great income and from day one be earning that again and having not gone through any hard yards to get to that point. And everybody's journey is so different. So thanks for the honesty. Really appreciate that. Okay, so let's talk about hindsight then because we, we do go through all of these challenges and I'm the same as you. There have been so bloody many over the last decade plus. Oh, if somebody asked me that question, I wouldn't even know where to start. Um, with hindsight, if you were to start from scratch again, is there anything that you would do differently? And I know for some people when I've asked that question, they said, oh, no, you know, I wouldn't do anything differently because everything I've I've done has had a learning experience anyway. But no, if we stop just, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I don't want my listeners to have to go through the pain that maybe we've gone through. So no, there exactly. are always things yeah. we can do differently, we would do differently if we started again. Sometimes they're small, sometimes they're colossal. Is What would you do differently? Yeah, and it's such a good question and I'm with you. Stuff that. I don't want anyone to go through the struggle that I've been through yeah. financially, you know, um, confidence-wise, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, so the one, there's two really important things I wish I'd done from the beginning and the first one was know the numbers. Stop just doing it because it feels good. Like I needed to feel good. There's no doubt that I had what I call now is really a career sabbatical. I wasn't really running a business. I was actually having a break, really enjoying meeting people in person and people liked me and I really enjoyed that kind of um, nurture and care and I wasn't earning any money. I wasn't doing, it was like an expensive hobby. Yeah. And, and, and yes, it had dividends because I felt really fantastic and I got a lot of love and support in that, in that sort of early time. But really, if I'd known my numbers properly, if I'd really sat down and said, what do you need to earn what are the products that you are selling or the packages? Where is that going to come from? And, and actually had more of a profit focus. And I've always been client-centred. That is never, that's never been a problem. But the profit focus was a really big problem for me. And I think it's seriously only been in the last few months that I've been way more strategic about where are my potential clients? Go and find them, talk to them, ring people, be not just visible, but actually be strategic about getting, you know, new clients. And the second thing is being strategic about, it's sort of when I'm in the moment with with clients and you know how you just said at the beginning, Faye, that we we get to this point and we forget to take a photo or we forget, um, so, you know, because we're in the moment and we're doing this thing. So we kind of forget that actually it might be nice to, to take a photo or do some video footage or whatever. And one of the things I have not done, believe it or not, for someone who is so into video is recorded enough and had enough social proof of other people that I work with. So there's a lot of me oh, in my yeah. videos, but I don't think I've capitalised on the promotional opportunities that have been in front of me when I've been working with people. So let's say I've been, I've spoken about 50 times in the last 18 months. Mm. Where, where is that stuff? Did I promote it? Did I, you know, I haven't really yeah. capitalised on what, who am I trying to influence? How do I, 
use that, those, those opportunities for the podcast and the guest speaking and, and whatever things I've been in to promote what I can actually do for my potential clients. I think I really encourage people to, to yeah, think about where am I going to be today? What would What would help my own sort of promotion of my own business today if I took a little bit of footage or a few photos or something yeah Um, because I didn't do that properly either (laughs) you know what there's going to be so many listeners nodding their head right now and I can think of a handful of clients right now that I've had conversations with them like I've been out with them and I've said right come on we're going to take a photo now or they've said to me later they've had like a launch party or they've run an event or a workshop and they said oh but you know they'll post something on Facebook to the extent of I'm sorry, haven't got any photos, got to engross in the moment. And Mm. I totally get that because I'm the same. Like I've got more now, but it was a big shift in just thinking, I've got to make sure I take a photo at that thing. I've got to make sure this happens because there were so many times when I didn't and you hit the nail on the head there. It's that social proof. You know, we're now in a day and age where those pictures need to be out there on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, wherever you're hanging out. And, um, I'm, yeah, I'm nodding my head a lot in that comment. So, <laughs> I ran, interestingly, you've just made me think, I ran a workshop called the Profit Planning Lab that I run every year and I ran one last November and I paid for a videographer to video the entire six-hour thing and mm. I haven't done anything with that video, <laughs> anything. And I'm just smiling away to myself thinking, Faye, you're batshit crazy. What was that all about? But I've just oh, like, no. I knew I needed to shit, but I've not done anything with it. So yeah. this is accountability Faye saying, thank you, Jenny, because yeah. then I'll make something of those six hours of video. Also, yeah. coming back to your first point about know the numbers and uh, expensive hobbies, um, you're not alone there. I have that conversation with so many clients. I think it's very easy to get caught up in being passionate about what you do and the excitement of being a business owner and the drive and motivation to want to make it work. But if you don't knuckle down and know your numbers, then you can end up with exactly what you said, an expensive hobby. Mm. And there are mm. a lot of small businesses out there that are purely expensive hobbies. And it goes back to that, you know, one of the first comments you said about, um, you know, if somebody's somebody else's bankroll, you know, a husband or partner is bankrolling them or, uh, you know, you've got money in the bank, you can run an expensive hobby for quite a long time until push comes to shove and you realise actually it's not commercially viable. Mm. That's right. And Actually, really, uh, just a tiny extra point on that mm-hmm. is that to assume that, that, the, that the ballast has run out, that the money has gone, like how do we behave differently when, when we <laughs> think the bank balance is zero? Because we are different. We do have a different sense of um, purpose. Um, Completely. Yeah, so maybe we can trick ourselves into saying, you know, it, it, let, let's imagine that I've only got, you know, two weeks or, or a month of um, buffer what would I be doing right now? Well, I'll tell you what, we wouldn't be talking to a camera on Facebook Live, walking the dog, drinking a coffee. We'd be, <laughs> we'd be on the phone. Yeah. You know, we'd be speaking to people that, that had, we'd either worked with before or yeah. our contacts or we'd be finding ways to find clients. And I don't think we do enough of that. I think we are a little more passive than we should be. Or I know I was. There's no doubt that I was. Yeah, I agree. I have definitely been. And I think, um, dare I say, I think that's something that men actually do really well. And women tend to kind of sit back and think, well, it'll it'll kind of happen. That's a massive generalization, but you get where I'm coming from there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, yeah, you know, if you were literally on your last week or two's pay, 
we mm. are behaving very differently to how many of us are when we're just kind of sitting back calmly relaxed. Yeah. So good insights there. Thank you. Now, let's talk about camera and getting on camera because that's your guru space and I want to tap into this. Um, so, you know, I know it's important to be getting myself out there on camera, but can you give us some numbers to back up why video marketing is so important now, just in case anyone's listening to this and kind of wavering or needs convincing? And actually, for those of you listening that might be nodding, I'm actually pointing at you because it might be that you're nervous, you're procrastinating, you're putting off those videos because like me, you're uncomfortable and didn't want to. So Jenny, I'd love some numbers to back up why our listeners just need to quit that shit and get on camera. Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of really good stats um, that might help us understand what's going on in our online world, but they're based, in my opinion, on history. So if you think back to the, you know, first half of the 20th century when our grannies or our great-grannies or whatever were, you know, getting about their, their day, they knew all their shopkeepers, they knew everyone that they bought their groceries from, they knew everyone Uh, We probably went to church with them. They went to school with their kids. They knew everybody. And I think that is absolutely still true today. We do really have that yearning to connect and understand and know people that we work with and do business with and hang out with online. And the stat that that has come up from a number of different places, but Forbes plus um, uh, social media world, has uh, basically 80% of of the content we consume online will be video by the end of next year. Wow. And and what that and if we just take that in for a second, that means that eight out of ten things that we see in our news feeds, that we see in our Google search pages, that we see on people's um, uh, websites potentially, that we see in our notifications are going to be video. So what does that mean? How do we grasp that that sort of um, that stat and and use that to to make decisions? And and what it means to me. And I would love your um, insight on this too. Mm. For me, it means that people are expecting it. I am expecting you Mm. to have video available to me on your website. Gone are the days of one big corporate kind of video on the homepage that was $5,000 to produce and it's really sexy and that's it. Now we, we expect to get to know people via video across their different social platforms on LinkedIn, on their website, et cetera, frequently ask questions, um, explainer videos if you sell products, or demo videos, I should say, people are expecting it. That's what the 80% means to me. But what it also means is that we have to work out how to cut through that noise. Mm -hmm. So how can we represent our brand on video in a way that puts our best brand foot forward? So I believe that that is a really strong case for being super strategic. Do not waste time creating video that nobody wants to watch. Don't go live in your car unless it's... There is a particular sort of reason for doing that. Like, don't let that be the first time I ever see you in person, you know, essentially in person because it's the next best thing to be in person. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so 80% is a really compelling stat, stat, a stat that we should, yeah, just be aware that, that the more and more and more we're going to see more and more video content coming up in, in search results or in notifications and news feeds and so forth, and not all of it is going to be good. So how can we make sure that we are standing out because we're awesome at it. 
<laughs> I don't know about everyone else, but my brain has just exploded and gone into overdrive now because that <laughs> number is huge. Yeah. And um, coupled with that, I think your point about how do you cut through the noise and make sure that what you're producing is quality is critical because mm-hmm. a lot of people could listen to that stat and say, okay, well, I, need, I just need to do shed load more videos. I'm just going to mm-hmm. churn them out. Now I'm comfortable with them. I'm going to just churn them out. But that's not what this is about because there's going to be so much out there you can turn a load of rubbish out you know be really off center with your messaging and that's still not going to get you the traction the leverage that you need so being on Mm. point with your messaging and making sure that what you're creating is of high quality is going to be critical and I'm immediately going oh my god there's not many videos on my website at all which Mm. does need an overhaul anyway but you know there's a lot there's a lot more videos on social media but I'm I've been very slack in putting them on my video on my website so that has, there's lots of light bulb moments that have just gone off there, Jenny. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, good. Um, I'll share another one if you want mm. another stack. Yes, there's please. a really good statistic that says video in search engine results pages, i.e. your Google page, the yeah. results page, drive 157% more clicks. So let's say I type in um, how can I start an online business or something. Yeah. And you happen to have a video about that from Shine Masterclass or from your website or something mm-hmm. like that, and you've called it pretty much that, then that's going to, I am going more likely to click on that, 157% more likely to click that video result than a static result on the Google search engine results page. Now, that to me is massive. How yeah. can we be adding value, still getting our brand messages out there in a way that Google search will result in our videos being front and centre on the on the front page there. So it's kind of like a free opportunity in a way. Not that video is free, like I get that it's not free, but it's almost a free extra hit through um, Google search. And whether yeah. we like it or not, still well over 70% of people are searching before they buy. They're not just scrolling through social media. They are actually searching on Google still to make buying decisions. So we yeah. need to really be aware of that. I, th- I think Instagram's probably the second highest likely, you know, if you sell stuff and you're on Instagram, you're going to sell stuff because people are really brand uh, loyal on, on Instagram. But yeah. apart from buying on Instagram, most people will do a Google search. So how can we be on those search pages with our video content? That's huge, 157 mm. more clicks. Oh, yeah. My, my yes. to-do list just went up, Jenny, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's really interesting. I'm, I'm sure that there's no one that's listening to this has now just gone, oh, that's okay. I don't need to be on video. So <laughs> point, um, what type of businesses do you believe benefit most from using video? And should everybody really have it as a staple on their marketing plan? Or are there some businesses where you're saying, okay, no, you don't need to focus on it as heavily? Mm, well, I really think that it doesn't matter what sort of business you're in that video is going to drive your marketing dollar further. There is no doubt about that. Yeah. But if, if, for example, we are mostly service-based people, given that we are our own brand to a degree, even if you've got a team, really you are the founder or you're the person behind the brand, then your video content is, is about you and about your business and your brand and what you stand for and, and how you can, you know, answer some of my frequently asked questions or, or um, recommend something to me or whatever it is that we use our video content for, whether it's growing our profile, engaging people or, or actually profit-focused. Um, we, if we're service-based, I think that's more the style of that 
is about us, letting people get to know, like, and trust us um, through the messages that we share. If we're product-based, we still want to represent our products. You know, 64% of people will make a buying decision online when they see an explainer or a demo video about a product. So if you're selling products and you are not using video, you are really missing out on yeah. some obviously easy sales. So we need to work out how do we do product-based video that's still on-brand, gives us enough info, but doesn't necessarily mean that there's a person talking to the camera. And that ties in really nicely with the conversation we were having before we recorded this, right, with the client that you've just been working with. Product-based video was a really interesting conversation about how you've been dealing with that. Yeah, yeah. They're just about to do their first video shoot um, and they are releasing, um, Mr Fox uh, Whole Foods, releasing some vegan, totally natural, no preservative breakfast spreads. One's avocado-based, one's banana-based. And it's really interesting that the, the product has to be the hero, but I still think that if they're showing me how to use that product, that they can be in their own videos. I don't necessarily have to speak to the camera, but at some point I would love for them to talk about where did Mr Fox Whole Foods come from? Why did they decide to start this amazing business? Because there's a really cute story around it about, you know, um, Mr Foxy is actually her dog. Um, The story was about her trying to work out what dog food to feed her new dog and (laughs) and she was really stressed about ingredients and then she sort of had this light bulb moment about, what am I giving myself? Like I'm stressed about what I'm giving to my dog. <laughs> and what about the ingredients I'm putting in my body, in my on my toast in the morning or whatever? And it started her on this journey of looking for healthy breakfast spreads and she couldn't really find any that were tasty, convenient and healthy. And right. it's, it's a really lovely little story. But she's like, oh, I don't know, I don't want to, don't really, we don't think we should be on the camera. And so I think I've convinced them to be in some of the footage on the weekend um, and not Dude. just a big bunch of people sitting at the table. But, of course, we need to see the product. You know, there needs to be yeah. product placement um, throughout all their videos. And um, I'm really excited to see uh, what we what we come up with next uh, on the weekend because essentially everything that gets shot in any kind of footage you can use in multiple ways. So they're almost, they're going to get about a year's worth of content, I reckon, in a day's shoot. Well, <laughs> it's going to be the beauty really- of repurposing, isn't it? I, mm. I love that. And I love the story. I love how that's why I'm glad, you know, we could bring this into the podcast, the fact that they're a product-based business. Um, but I, I certainly want to see more of the videos now just talking to you about it and the story behind it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So for those of you listeners that have got product-based businesses, please don't think the video is not for you because it absolutely is. Mm. Okay, so let's get into some advice. What are the three or so top tips you can give someone who's keen to leverage the power of video in their business but freezes at the thought of getting in front of the camera? Okay. Um, I think my top tips are always about stop thinking about yourself. It's actually not about you. And it might sound a little bit harsh, but we get to a point where we're feeling nervous that we are, in fact, thinking about ourselves and no one else, and that's normal. But Mm -hmm. if you take a step back for a second and really think about who it is you're trying to influence and what do they need from you? What is the thing that they're struggling with and you're just about to help me with that? So the more we think about our audience and who we're really trying to help, it can get us sort of out of our own heads, out of our own way in terms of the the nerves. Yeah. So that's one. Who am I talking to, right? Who do they, who are they? What do they need from me? And the second thing is, so what do they need from me? So what am I going to say? So doing a little bit of planning around, if I'm talking to Jenny DeLacy, what does Jenny need right now in her personal life? Let's say you have a um, business-to-consumer kind of business and I might say, 
I need home organising because I've got three kids and it's an absolute nightmare and I've spent an hour cleaning their bloody bathroom when I got home yesterday and I was totally in the shits for the rest of the night because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't yeah. I mean, you're not talking from first-hand experience at all, at all there, are you, Jenny? <laughs> so what does Jenny DeLacy need? Um, if you've recognised that that's a struggle for a lot of um, working mums, then you, you're, you would be thinking about me when you are creating your video content, not about you and your nerves. Yes. But you'd also be thinking, what are some simple things I could be sharing with Jenny right now on this video that will help her plan her week? So it might be about meal planning or it might be about um, how to get kids to do 10 minutes of housework a day or whatever, a week more likely, because I definitely won't do it every day. But um, <laughs> And so when you start doing that little bit of planning around who am I talking to, what do they need from me, it starts to get you a bit excited about what you've got to share. And that can really help with the energy for the camera as well. But when the camera is actually rolling, the mechanics, whether you're doing Facebook Live or whether you've, you, you're in a studio or you're just recording on your phone, mm. um, there's, it's really common to freeze and forget what you want to say because you yeah. sort of, again, you come back into your own head and go, oh, God, I'm going to sound like an idiot or, oh, I wonder if I look really fat and, oh, God, I wish I was five, 10 kilos, 15 kilos, 20 kilos lighter. I wish I'd remembered to get my hair done and, my God, my makeup's not very good and, um, you know, you start to think about yourself. Yes. And I just say give yourself a chance. Give yourself a chance to let all those nerves just sort of happen. They wash over you. Take a big, deep breath and you remember who you're talking to and you say, Jenny, I want to talk to you today about how not to have a meltdown after cleaning your kid's bathroom. <laughs> Love <laughs> you it. Say, I can see the video now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think the just give yourself a chance. You are in charge of the, you know, record and, and stop button on your phone and it takes time that you are never going to nail it the first time you do a video and that that mm. is absolutely okay. If you want your branding to be strong and your messaging to be strong, it will take you some time. It's a commitment to your marketing and, the, and your business growth. I don't like to say I keep it uncomplicated, but that doesn't make it easy. It keeps it simple, but it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. What it means is all that discomfort that we feel about other things in our business, like my bloody making phone calls, God, or, yep. you know, business networking, whatever, we push through that discomfort because we know there's a reward at the other end and video has to be one of those things too. Yeah. I agree. I did. Um, so we're going back, you know, oh, quite a few years ago now when people started posting video onto Facebook and I loathed it. I was talking to you, Jenny, before we started about how I did some <laughs> filming with a business partner and it was just shocking. It was shockingly awful. But I decided to commit to posting a video on Facebook every working day for a month, which I loathed having committed to doing that very quickly. I really wished I hadn't done it. But when I commit to something, I always follow through. So I did it. And the reason I bring that up is it's amazing, tying in with the point you said about, you know, you make it uncomplicated, it doesn't mean it's easy. It was really bloody tough for me at the start of doing that. But the difference at the end of the month was huge, just from that consistency and building that habit and just it being familiar territory. So not to profess to say that those videos are great by any stretch of the imagination but they were wildly different from the start and mm. I agree when you've got that consistency and you just you know how important it is and there's that dangling carrot at the end then you know it keeps you moving forward and keeps you trying when it becomes a habit it becomes a lot easier like with anything right 
Oh, absolutely. And and what, one of my sort of catch cries is, you know, action cures fear. You're not going to get better at the thing unless you do the thing. And we know that. You've told your listeners that before in, in other ways. And, and really what I say is, you know, give yourself a chance to learn the skill. Once you've sort of worked it out a little bit and you got around the mechanics and stuff, you just just do it because then you just mm. delete it and you do another one and you get better and your words get more and more succinct. Yeah. Um, your message, your videos get shorter as you get more practised. And I have never seen anyone get worse, ever, ever. Yes. That is a really <laughs> important point. Really yes, important it is. Point. So you're never going to go backwards. Just keep trying. Yeah. And I loved what you said about, um, you know, we go inwards and start thinking about ourselves. I've run lots of presentation skills training in my time. And that's one of the things I teach in those training sessions is the minute you start thinking about, oh, you know, people are judging me. Do I look fat? I've forgotten my words. You're actually thinking about yourself. You're not serving your audience at all. And it can be difficult Mm. to get out that space, but that shift in mindset is really important. So thanks for bringing that up because I hopefully if just one listener remembers that and when they're recording their next video thinks about, Stop thinking about themselves and thinks about their audience, and that's a win in my book. Good point. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about mistakes because, you know, in my world there have been many. What are some of the biggest mistakes and bloopers that you see people make when it comes to video? Mm. So I, there's five things I say, people, we need to do to get the mechanics of it right, okay? okay. Um, now, so the, four, the five things that I say um, we really need to nail in our content, whether it's Facebook Live or, a, or a pre-recorded videos, can I see you? So I've, the amount of people I see that are sitting in the dark and I can't actually see their face, it's such a shame. You know, we don't trust people we can't see. There's a reason they black out faces on, um, you know, a current affair when someone's a whistleblower or whatever. It, <laughs> <laughs> we, want, we want to see your beautiful face. So just have light on your face. Yes. The second thing is can I hear you? Now, most of us can just use our headphones that came with our phone or whatever, but if you're outside, the sound is almost always terrible. Like it's almost guaranteed that the wind is going to blow across the top of the bloody microphone and we won't be able to hear you properly. Yeah. So think about how can I how can I be heard better? I need to stand somewhere in the you know in some shelter or whatever if you're outside. Um, and the other thing is what's behind you. And I have to tell this story about um, someone who you know was trying to sell a high end coaching package, and she was in her um, her office space at home, and you know there was undies on a clothes horse just behind her. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I was just thinking, oh my God, are you talking about me? What are you about to say? But that has never been me yet. I know. It's like, what's behind you? Hashtag, I don't want to see your undies or something. Because, and I actually called her on it one day because she asked for my feedback. And I said, you know what? I, I just don't really, really think people need to see your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And, and, and look, she said, oh, doesn't that make me look more human? And I'm like, well, you know what? I think it actually makes you look like an amateur. You've asked for my opinion. That's what I'm telling you. Um, so I can be harsh, but only when people ask me. And, you know, she was genuinely asking for my feedback and that's what I gave her. So what's yeah. behind you? Like, let's think about what's on brand for us Um it, you know, might be just a bookcase with something that's that's sort of branded. You might have your backdrop banner like Faye does. You could have a big backdrop like I do. I invested in one of these because there is so much rubbish behind that backdrop that you don't need to see. My stuff, kids' stuff, kitchen bench. You know, who needs to see that? You don't need, you don't need to see my slow cooker. I know that. 
<laughs> your backdrop banner is awesome and you know I know I've got my kind of expo banner but that's something that I need to invest in because it does look awesome and you know for all of our busy business women listeners it means you don't have to think about all the crap that's behind in the living room bedroom kitchen or whatever so it's a great idea I think if you're going to regularly be uh going live or and sitting at your desk or being somewhere you can drag this thing around yeah uh, um, I'm really glad I invested in it. Uh, bespoke backdrops are in Sydney. Um, I think if you mention me, you might get a discount off the off the shelf one. Um, right. This is a custom design one. But honestly, you might not even need custom design. There's loads to choose from, um, and yeah. she's probably the best um, supplier I think in in the in our land anyway. Awesome, um, thank you. Yeah, and the other ones were you know learn the technology. Where is the camera lens? Where are you looking? So rather than looking at the screen and obsessing about your hair and your makeup and your lipstick like I do, look at the camera lens. <laughs> look at the camera lens because it feels like we're having a conversation. It's a really simple tip that can make a really big difference. Yeah. And, you know, that that whole thing about looking down at the camera, I'm not sure why people forget that, you know, we wouldn't stand over the top of someone if we were next to them in person. Yes. We would be, we'd try to be eye to eye, plus we look better. There's no doubt that if you look down at the camera, you, you look 10 kilos heavier and, you know, we yeah, can see up your nose. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can see up your nose. Even skinny people like Faye probably look fat when she goes. Oh, I am skinny. not. And trust me, I've taken some shots and the view up my big piggy nose is not a good look. So I'm, I'm nodding <laughs> with you there completely. <laughs> so just sort of get those, few, those five little simple tips in your mind and then just do it. Just go, right, I'm ready to go now. You can see me, you can hear me. I'm standing somewhere where the background is kind of neutral or decent looking, off you go and just do it and you will get better. There's no doubt that everybody gets better. They're really, really good tips. I'm still on the one of what's behind you, don't let it be undies. But it's the it is, <laughs> they're simple things that people don't, don't think about and then like I've got this crappy Ikea light above my computer because it's really dark in my well, I, my office doesn't look like it's dark until I do a video and mm. then you can't see my face at all. And it's just that you can run a our amazing value Facebook live and no one wants to watch it because you've got you can't see your face. So it's some of the simple things that make the biggest difference. Do you find that people get hung up on t- the technology of videos and that's one of the things that holds them back because I'm kind of thinking that's what stopped me from doing a podcast sooner you find that with yeah. video yeah absolutely so the if I ask the question and I've been asking it for years now probably three years since I started creating video um, in my business what's stopping you hmm. and there are several things but the first one was mechanics I don't know how to do it I'm scared of the technology I'm going to break something I might go live side on and look like an idiot um <laughs> what, you know, I can't I can't um I don't know where the button is I'm looking in the wrong place so and so apart from not wanting to look silly which really drives a lot of us to avoid a lot of stuff um the mechanics can be one of those things and so that's why and and more than happy to share the equipment checklist um with your listeners too it's just a really okay. simple checklist it's not a big deal it's just do you need a microphone? Here's a few to choose from. Here's, you know, a tripod or whatever. But once you've ticked off the mechanics, so you've got a tripod or you're looking at the camera on your computer or whatever, and you you know what you're doing and you've tested it a few times, you don't have to do it every time because you learn yeah. it, you know. And I know Faye and I, um, the, the live lab idea about finding some mates, creating a little Facebook group so you can practice in a little environment that still has other people in it. 
yes. is a really great way to learn the tech because you go, oh, I don't know if that looked any good. My internet's not very good. The light's terrible. Try again, try again, try again. And you can try in a sort of a safe environment. So mechanics is one of those things that puts people off and we've just got to practice, I think, don't we? We've got to, yeah. yeah. And I agree with you about the podcast. That's why I keep putting off um, my live show because I'm paranoid about Oh, seriously, <laughs> my Achilles heel. I got sick of looking at my, I write three-month plans for my year-end goals and I kept, I was sick of looking at the same plan every time with launch <laughs> podcast on it every single bloody time. And it was the technology, which now I've done it, it's really simple. Well, not simple, but it's not mm. anywhere near as complex as I thought it was. So I can imagine that people get caught up in that with video too. I mean, oh, you know, if you've got a phone with a video your camera on it, it's pretty simple. But, mm. um, yeah, that, that shouldn't be the thing that allows you to procrastinate and not put Yeah, don't, don't let the fear of, yeah, absolutely, don't let the fear of technology stop you sharing the value that you have for the people who need you most yes love that absolutely spot on now that could almost answer my next and final question which is is there a quote or a mantra that has really inspired you over the years in your business that you want to share with us and what impact that's having you uh stop thinking start doing is a really good one that's good which ties in nicely with what we're talking about right yeah um because we can plan a lot of us really love the creative process of planning yeah. and creating and the, the the vision of what we want and we do a bloody vision board and we write stuff on a whiteboard and we use our bloody post-it notes and we get all our planner out and we write all this stuff on our planner. But actually until you do something, you don't know if that product is going to have legs. You don't know if that package of whatever it is that you're doing is going to work. You have to put it out there. Yeah. And so as scary as that is and if people don't want it, then you move on and you do something else. We're creative and clever. We come up with lots of really good ideas for ways that we can um, bring our, our value to, to our clients. And um, don't let, yeah, don't be over planning. Start, stop thinking, start doing. Great, great words of wisdom there because, you know, I think planning is really important, but it doesn't foolproof an idea or an action. So you get mm. to the point where you've got to know, stop using it as an excuse and actually move forward. Mm. thank you very much for that okay now look I could sit and chat to you for hours I'm really conscious of your time so we're going to wrap things up but um, I'm sure that our listeners would love to get in contact with you so listeners I'm going to give you some details on how you can get in contact with Jenny first of all the easiest way is to go to the busy business women website which is busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 24 and all of Jenny's details I'm about to give you will be on the show notes um, also we'll have a link to the equipment tech that Jenny just mentioned and some other resources from Jenny. So that's the easiest place for you to go to to click through to everything in Jenny's world. Um, but if you are sitting there listening to this and you want to jump in right now, then Jenny's website is thevisibilitycoach.com.au. Facebook is Jenny the Visibility Coach and Instagram is jennydelacy.video. So super, super easy. But the most uh, the, the golden nugget, the thing I really want to talk about is the free video training that you've got. Now, it's on how to make videos for your business, right? And it's five steps to make it easy. Tell me a bit more about this training that our listeners can get their hands on. It's a 15, it's just under 15 minute tutorial, but it comes with a workbook. So throughout the video, I say, stop it here, do that activity. Stop it now, do that other thing. Thing. come back stop now do the other thing so it's quite an interactive um I decided not to split it into three and send it out drip feed and everything I haven't got time for that it's yep. just all there 
when you need it. Um, and it takes you through the five-step system that I implement through my, my um, courses and my um, one-on-one work with clients. Love it. And I do are, love me a good workbook. Yeah, plan, prepare, produce, publish and promote are my five steps. Um, and that just keeps it uncomplicated. I, I love, that's what I was going to say. That's what I love about you. When I was reading your bio, which is brilliantly written, and, you know, you, and I talked about it in your intro, you're about the system and the process of this. And I love that because it does uncomplicate uh, something that people can overcomplicate in their heads. Mm-hmm. And um, the 5P sound awesome. So I'm going to be downloading that. Thank you very much. Uh, again, listeners, the link will be in the show notes, podcast 24. So make it super easy for you to go and grab that. Um, Jenny, thank you so much for joining me today. You've got an amazing energy about you. I can completely see why you do what you do and people are so, you know, you you engage people so well. So thank you so much for your time, your effort, your energy in doing this. Uh, You know, time's the most valuable commodity we've got and I appreciate you giving that up for us today. Well, you are most welcome. It's awesome. I love having a good chat with somebody like you, Faye. It's been brilliant. We just needed a glass of wine and a plate of cheese and we would have been, we would have been all set. <laughs> okay, so thank you heaps for joining us. If you've enjoyed this episode, listeners, I would love you to leave Jenny and I a beautiful review on iTunes, pretty please. And if you'd like to hang out some more, I'd love to see you over on the Facebook and Instagram pages. I'm at Busy Businesswomen and you can find lots of biz goodness over on my website, busybusinesswomen.biz. But until the next time, thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. We'll be back again very, very soon with more inspiration to help you build a business that booms. But until then, you've been listening to the wonderful Jenny DeLacy and I'm Faye Hollins and this is the Busy Business Women podcast. Go forth and have a cracking day. Bye-bye.